0: morning, I'm asking you to prepare your heart to hear the voice of God. What would God want to say to you? You know, a lot of times we may think what we need to hear, but God may know there's other things that you and I, that haven't even entered our mind that he wants to say to us regarding his direction, regarding what he wants to do, regarding positioning us for his work in our life. And the real question is never, is God speaking. Always the question is, are we listening? Can we hear what he's saying? So this morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like to direct your attention to an Old Testament passage, 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's honestly, for me, when I read the Bible through each year, it is one of the most startling. It is one of the most shocking uh, passages in all of the Old Testament. And um, Of all the passages I might read in the Old Testament, this one more than any other puts the fear of God in me. Lest somehow what happens in this passage to a man named Eli would happen to me as a spiritual leader of James River Church. Let's read it. The boy Samuel, he's eight years old ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The story opens by posing a problem. God's not talking anymore. When you read the Bible, you find God is a God who speaks. Nobody who reads the Bible without having some person confuse them would come to the conclusion that God doesn't speak to people. I mean, over 300 times the Bible says, and the Lord says. But whenever God is silent, either in terms of Israel and no prophets speaking, or in terms of your life and my life, and we're not hearing the voice of God, something's wrong. In fact, I would just pose this question to you. Is God speaking to you? When's the last time you heard his voice? I'm not not saying this to you in a way nobody's hearing God's voice. I'm simply offering it to you as a diagnostic that this is is really where the rubber meets the road. This is one of the ways we evaluate the vitality of our faith. Are we hearing from God or not? When you read through scripture, whenever God is silent, it's a sign that things aren't right. For example, in 1 Samuel chapter 14, so Saul asked God, shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you give them into Israel's hand? But God did not answer him that day. Something's wrong, Saul. And later in 1 Samuel chapter 28, when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. So... God isn't answering. God is not talking. Saul is in a spiritually horrible place. We read in the prophet Amos, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine or food or thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. One of the worst things that can happen is to have a famine where you don't hear God's voice. And when you come to 1 Samuel chapter 3, there's a reason why there's no words from the Lord and Israel isn't hearing from God, and it was related to their leader, a priest by the name of Eli. Typically, the nation's not led by a priest, but 1 Samuel tells us that Eli led Israel for about 40 years. I want you to notice what the verse tells us about Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak, he could barely see. Do you see the connection there? His physical condition is an illustration of his spiritual condition. He's not only losing his physical eyesight, he's losing his spiritual eyesight, which is why there's no visions. They're rare. The priest of God can't even see. Look at it and. 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. This is very interesting. This is a a detail. This is telling us something. He's, He's made some decisions in his life that determines where he rests and how he rests. I mean, the temple had places for the priest to stay. But the narrator says, He's in his own place. It's an intentional juxtaposition to where you and I will see Samuel. Look at it in verse 3. The lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So what you have is you have Eli, and he's lying in his own place, which explains why he's not hearing from God. Eli wasn't in God's presence, not in the way Samuel was. I mean, there are people who say, well, you know, I can be in God's presence anywhere I go. There is a sense where that is true, but it is also true that if you're not in the house of God and you're not in the presence of God, something will be missing in your spiritual development because spiritual growth is not a do it yourself project. You have to be in his presence. Here's Eli, he's in his own place. His proximity to the presence of God is based on personal preferences. For him, it's not about being as close to God's presence as you can get, it's more about being as close to God as is convenient. I mean, this is a warning. What drives your decision on being in the presence of God? Is it what's convenient or is it because you're saying, I want to be as close to God's presence as I can get and anywhere God is moving, that's where I'm going to be and I'm going to arrange my life around that rather than do my own thing and be in my own place. I mean, there's a startling reality to all this. Samuel at eight years old is what Eli used to be. Let me just give you a little lesson here. If your walk with God becomes more about personal preference than a passionate pursuit of God's presence, you will lose your ability to hear God's voice. When convenience, when preference, when you become the arbiter of what's enough for God and what's appropriate for God, and your preferences become the the dictator of what you're going to do in your service of God, and you're being in God's presence, then you're going to find God's voice getting weaker and weaker and weaker in your ear, not because he's weak, but because you become weak. I mean, there's some here today, and You come to church, you hang around God's people, you do religious stuff, you're a part of a church where God is moving in a historic way, but you're spiritually complacent and your passion for God has faded, and honestly, you're just going through the the motions. Even more dangerous to me would be the person who who is watching everything happen and has become um, a worship critic, where you're able to evaluate what's good, what's not good, what you like, what you don't like. Maybe even an evaluator of miracles where you're sitting there and you're watching the testimonies and you're trying to decide if it's true, if you really think it happened. And that's, that's where you live. And if that's where you're at, that's a horrible place to be spiritually. Because at some point, you got to decide, I mean, I don't make this stuff up. We don't make the tithing stories up. We don't make the healing stories up. You send them in. We read them to you. We celebrate what God is doing. But for some of you, the celebration isn't there because the passion isn't there because you've lost your first love. Here's Samuel, First Samuel 3 and verse 3, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. What he wants is he wants to get as close to the presence of God as he can possibly get. I mean, this is an eight-year-old. And he's saying, I want to be as close as I can get. He's lying down, most scholars believe, right outside the Holy of Holies. So that if God comes out, he'll have to step over Samuel to go anywhere. So we're not surprised to read what we read. Then the Lord called to Samuel. The closer you purpose in your heart to pursue God and get to God, or get close to God, the more you're going to hear his voice. The more clearly you'll hear it, the more frequently you'll hear it, the more God will tell you things that are on his heart and his mind. Samuel answered, here am I, and he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. So here's Samuel. He thinks it's Eli calling him. When God says, Samuel, he thinks it's Eli. So he runs to him and he said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call go back and lie down. That sounds like some parents with toddlers, right? Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. You see, God can speak to people. Some of you don't yet know the Lord. You've never been born again. Maybe you confuse the fact that you hear God speaking to you because I believe he speaks to people. That it's okay with... Listen, when you give your heart to him, you will instantly know some things about the voice of God That right now you don't know, and I don't in any way discount God speaking to you. It's a very interesting thing. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. It's a tragic thing. He can't hear the voice of God, but he can tell everybody else how to hear the voice of God. Like the guy or the gal sitting at the bar who can lecture everybody else about theology, but they can't live it themselves. It's, 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 the, it's close to the bottom. When people are coming to you for advice and asking you for spiritual insight because they knew. They know at one point that was in your life, and maybe even assume it is today, and yet, truth be told, in your heart, you're not very passionate about the things of God. It's been a long time since God spoke to you, but you're still dishing out spiritual advice and counsel. The tragedy of this is massive. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood there calling his at other times. Only this time, it's a little different. He calls him twice. You say, why? In the Old Testament, when you see a name twice called out by the Lord, it's always God calling them to a task. Moses, Moses at the burning bush. Abraham, Abraham on Mount Moriah. Here it, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. And now what God is doing is he's talking to an eight-year-old boy and telling him his plans. What would God say to you If you'd lean in and say, God, speak, because I'm listening. Speak, Lord, because I want to hear what you have to say. I read that, and I'm reminded of Psalm 25 and verse 14 from the message, God friendship is for God worshipers. They're the ones he confides in. So here is God, and now he's going to tell Samuel things about the future of the nation of Israel. An eight-year-old boy. You see, God wants to speak. He wants to say things to you and I that that we probably never never had entered hit Samuel's mind for sure. But God wants to talk, God wants to tell you things. He wants to direct you. He wants to, he wants to do things in your life that will bless you, that will draw you close to him, that will give you insight. And too many times where there's nothing wrong with bringing God our problems, but too many times we're consumed with just seeking answers for our problems or things we want to know. And honestly, God's got a lot to say to us that goes beyond those areas. So maybe the question is, how can you and I hear from God? What do do we need to do to make sure we're positioning ourselves at the start of 2023, at the start of this fast, to hear from God? Let me just give you quickly seven things, and I realize I'm going to be out of time, but we got all year. Okay. (laughs) Just teasing. Repentance. Number one, repentance. Repentance means you and I change the way we think. We change our perspective on sin. We change our perspective on God. We confess or fully acknowledge where we have failed God. And rather than excuse those failings, we, we turn from those and say, we're not going to do that anymore. Sometimes it's simply as saying, God, I repent because I, I no longer have the passion for you that I had. I'm not loving you. I mean, honestly, if you read in Revelation chapter two, Jesus comes to the church at Ephesus and he says, you know, I love this about you. You're, 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 you're on the money when it comes to truth, but I have one thing against you. You've left your first love. What does he counsel them? Repent. Remember what you were like at one time and repent that you're you're not as on fire as you were. Listen, if if you're not as on fire for the Lord as you used to be, it's not because you've matured in the Lord, it's because you've grown cold in your spirit. Repent. The reason why Eli doesn't hear from God is because he didn't repent. In chapter 3, God's going to tell Samuel this, I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. You say, what were they doing? They were sleeping with women at the tent of meeting. In chapter 2, somebody comes, God sends a prophet to warn him. Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. We read on and it says this, God says, why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I prescribe for my dwelling? In verse 30, but now the Lord declares, far be it from me, those who honor me I'll honor, those who despise me will be disdained. You see, what happens is you can come to a place where you're so used to complacency and lethargy becomes the norm in your life spiritually and you get comfortable with it and you get used to it and you just say, you know what, I can't. I can't see, I can't move, I can't do, and your life is more defined by what you think you can't do than what you must do to be able to get a hold of God. That's Eli. Furthermore, let me just say this, there's a massive danger in tolerating sin, Sin starts as something of the flesh, but when it's repeated over and over again, it becomes a spiritual sin that is empowered by the demonic. Some of you have gotten so used to continual, habitual sin that it is no longer just you doing it, but it's you being empowered demonically to do it and you don't even realize it. The sin in your life has got a hold of you because it's not just empowered by your flesh, it's supernaturally empowered. Furthermore, when you have sin in your life, you're not, you're not going to be able to hear from God. His, His voice is going to be distant if you hear it at all. And that's why you have to repent. When we talk about repentance, there's... Repentance that leads to salvation. That's when you come to Christ, you rededicate your life to Christ. And then there's the repentance that's a part of a Christian's walk with the Lord that is a part of our daily maintenance of our relationship with God. So there's a sense where it's a a lifestyle where we're constantly realigning ourselves with the ways of God. And when you do that, the result is you'll hear the voice of God. Number two. Position yourself close to God. What does that mean? When you love the Lord and when you, when you desire his presence, you want to be where his presence is. To that end, it's, it's not about, have I put in enough time at church so I don't feel guilty about not going to church? But it's about saying, listen, I want to be where the Lord is. I'm telling you, some of the greatest Encounters of God's presence in my whole life happened this last year at the prayer meeting. Just straight up. If you love, if you if you want to be passionate for God, you've got to be in His presence. I, I would recommend a life group. You, you say it's going to take up all my time. Well, what's what's important to you? I'm just simply suggesting, and no, it won't take up all your time. What you're really listening to is somebody other than God talking to you about your time. Listen to this, verse 3. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That's the presence of God. That's the throne of God. He's as close as he can possibly get physically to God's presence. Are you where God's presence is? And is your heart a place where his presence is comfortable? Number three, I'm going to move quickly here. Serve in the house of God. And let me just add this, and serve with enthusiasm. You know, don't, don't, don't be that, do we have to? Pastor says, I have to. You know, <laughs> no, it's we get to, we want to. It's awesome. It's like awesome to get to do this. Watch what it says here. The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. I want you to think about this a moment. It wasn't the perfect place. He's serving under the direction of a man who can't hear the voice of God. He's serving under the direction of a man who can't see what God's doing, and he's nearly blind. He's serving under the direction of a man who, when he is confronted prophetically by others, refuses to repent. He's serving under the direction of a man whose sons are completely given over to wickedness and immorality, and he's, ha- and he's around Hophni and Phineas all the time, the sons of Eli. I can't think of anything less perfect than that situation, and yet here's what, here's what can happen to people. They're looking for the perfect place, the perfect church. Perfect church does not exist. I'm not the perfect pastor. Hate to break this to you. You're not the perfect people. I think very highly of you, but you're not perfect. You know, I think you're close, but you're not quite there, okay? But and if you find the perfect church, for sure don't join it because you'll ruin it because you're not perfect either. You know I mean? It's, it's just none of us are perfect, right? So the idea that we're going to find the perfect place and the perfect situation and yeah, the perfect oh, the use of my gifts and all of that. Listen, you find a place where God is and you jump in. That's how it works. He, he's serving God. He's not sitting there saying, well, you know, I would if, if Eli get his act together. I would if Hophni and Phineas would repent, but they're not repenting, and I, I don't want to be a part of that whole thing. He's not doing that. He's saying, listen, God, I'm going to be as close to God as I can get, and I'm going to serve him with joy, and I'm going to serve him with enthusiasm. I mean, you watch it when he hears God speaking, calling his name. What does he do? He jumps up and goes to Eli and says, what do you need? I'm here. Happy to do it. I mean, that's, get involved in a place. That's why GrowTrack is so absolutely important that you go through GrowTrack. It starts today. You could jump in today. That you go through all four weeks. That you graduate. That you, after you graduate, get on a dream team and serve. Because when you serve, it'll open your ears to the voice of God. Samuel is hearing the voice of God because he wants to be close to the presence of God and he serves at the house of God. And those two things come together to bring him into an encounter with God that changes his life and changes the future of a nation. Number four, listen for God's voice. You know it's so sad? Eli knew what the voice of God sounded like. He could tell Samuel how to respond But he wasn't near God's presence, and he wasn't listening for God's voice, so he didn't hear anything. You want to, I mean, really, you read the story, and you want to say, hey, Eli, how about you getting off your hiney and going in there, and, you know, God is speaking. Are you serious? God is speaking in the temple? And you're not even going to get out of bed and go say, God, if you're speaking to Samuel, I sure want to hear what you're having to say and what you say to me. But he can't even rouse himself to do that. You know, listen, what fasting does is fasting is saying no to yourself so you can say yes to God. It's, it's doing what you might not want to do to experience what God would do in your life as he speaks to you, right? Eli wouldn't make the effort to lean in. I want to ask you, this week, will you? Will you lean in and say, God, I know you're speaking in this place. I know he is. I know you are. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you have to say to me. Number five, when God calls Respond eagerly. Instead of debating, you know, this is what a lot of people do, the voice of God is speaking, but instead of of responding to it, they debate it. So you said, like, what do you mean? Go pray for that person. Well, I don't know, is that really God? Well, of course it is God. <laughs> you think the devil's telling you to go pray for that person? I mean, come on, he's not. You know, so what's the deal? But people sit there and they're like, well, I don't know if it God, I don't know. Hey, you know, you're, you're in a restaurant, the, the server, a guy or a girl, you interact briefly with them, God touches your heart and says, I want you to bless them. Is that God? Yes, that's God. Amen. God puts somebody on your heart and, and like, you dream about them. And you're, you're like, it, it's real, they need prayer. You pray for them. Was that God? That's God. That was God. That wasn't the devil. Wasn't you, because you'd have kept sleeping. It was God. Do you know what I'm saying? Don't debate it. Just do it. When he speaks, respond promptly. I mean, I love this about Samuel. We won't read it all. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. There's this enthusiasm. There's this moving quickly toward whatever I want to hear God. God, if you're speaking, I'm in, I'm on, I'm going to do it. And Samuel is, he's eager, he's ready. Number six, when God speaks, obey him. So here is, here is Samuel and, and God is speaking to him and he's going to obey God. And we see an example of this later in his life. In chapter 16, the Lord said to Samuel, Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? Saul will hear about it. And kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. So even when God is putting Samuel in places that could be very dangerous, Samuel's like, okay, I'll go. If you want to hear the voice of God, respond instantly to his voice. Dallas Willard says this in his book, in search of guidance. Perhaps we don't hear the voice of God because we don't expect to hear it. Or perhaps we don't expect it because we know that we fully intend to run our lives on our own and never seriously considered anything else. In other words, what's this is saying is, if you're like, i do my own thing and I don't want the voice of God interrupting me, if that's where you're at, then you will not hear God's voice. If his voice and his plan and his call on your life is an interruption to your life, you'll silence his voice in your life. He says this, the voice of God would therefore be an unwelcome intrusion into our plans. Number seven, read and study God's word. I love this, it's very interesting to me. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel. How? Through his word. Very interesting. The Lord has stood there and called him, and so Samuel has seen the Lord now. He's had a theophany, God appearing to him. But now how is, how is he receiving from the Lord? Regularly, it's through the word of God. I thank God for every single experience that is different from reading the bible but none of those are designed to replace the bible or to be counted as better than the bible god's voice is god's voice in our life and and we hear his voice through his word i mean if you want to hear the voice of god you want to hear the unrevealed will of god like what do i do here what do i do there and all of us have times in our life where we need the Lord to give us discernment on making decisions regarding the things of life that are part of life. But if I don't care about God's revealed will, which is his word, he's revealed his will to us, then then why would God give me his unrevealed will? Are you with me? Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It, what happens is as you read the word of God, it opens your heart to the voice of God. Oftentimes that opening comes as you're reading and all of a sudden the voice of God is speaking to you and saying, see that verse right there? That is for you today right now. And so... I wanna encourage you as we start the year, read your Bible. Listen, just, just jump in, read it. If you said, I'm gonna read the Bible, the New Testament through in a year, if you read it five days a week, took Saturday and Sunday off, you'd read the Bible, read one chapter a day, you read the Bible, the New Testament through in a year. And it would change your life. If you've never done it, change your life. I'm just suggesting, don't just study the Bible, or let knowledge of the Bible become your primary pursuit. There's nothing wrong with studying the Bible to learn knowledge, but if that's why you do it, I think that's a lesser motive. Read the Bible because you love it. Read the Bible until you love it. Read the Bible because it's God's voice speaking to you. Read the Bible because you want God to speak to you and to talk to you. Read the Bible because as you're reading it, you know it's opening your heart and your spirit to hear his voice. Psalm 119 and verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. A light unto my path. When you can hear the voice of God, meaning when you read the word, that is the voice of God. When you hear the voice of God, either way, it's a light. It's a lamp. It illuminates. It it makes things clear that you couldn't see before in your life or in circumstances or decisions. But I'm just simply saying God wants you to hear his voice. He wants, he wants this year to be different than you could even begin to imagine. I could never have imagined what last year, what it was gonna be like. I mean, could you? I mean, seriously, it's just like, wow. But we're in a season where God is not done working. You could tell earlier in the service, couldn't you? Could you sense that? You could sense the Lord is here and he's gonna heal some people. So he's not done working. And there is more that he wants to do, but what a tragedy if you only watch him do it through others and you never experience him speaking to you and working through you. God wants to speak to you.